Welcome to the Gamers Over 50 podcast. This is our second of two podcasts for PAX. And in this one, we're going to still keep talking about PAX West. I'm going to talk a little bit about what you can buy at PAX. I also have recorded some interviews. I randomly walked around with a placard and asked people questions. Um, and including maybe found some folks that we will interview in the future because they have some pretty great topics. And then our game reviews this week. Our games that we played at PAX, I've bought at PAX, and some games I still play. First one is Sushi Go by GameRite, and the second is Halo Combat Evolved, which is originally published by Bungie, but is now all the rest of the Halo games are published by 343 Industries, a part of, I think it's still a part of Microsoft. I gotta go check that out. All right. Well, I hope they're really not listening because then they'll think I don't know. All right. So a little bit about what you can buy at PAX. So let's talk about the first thing. It's easy. You can buy games at PAX. You can buy board games. You can buy dice. And we're just going to go down the list here for a second. You can also buy actual games. You can buy the game. If you go to the indie booth, you can buy the games directly right there. They have them for sale. Uh, if you go into certain booths, they'll be selling you know, special editions. I've seen a couple special PAX editions, but they'll also just be selling the game itself, which is really kind of cool. Um, there are some like, buy this online codes if you stop to some of the, the places, as well as they'll give you a link to maybe even Steam to where you can pick a game up or iTunes or Google Store or whatever. Um, additionally, you can buy game souvenirs. So if you are like one of my really good friends, a Destiny player, you can actually go buy the weapons used by the Destiny players or the, uh, the little floating thing that follows the ghost, I think is what it's called, follows you around. You can buy figurines, you can buy action figures, you can buy it, really anything that goes along with a game if a company is going to sell it, especially, and they also sell pens, or like if you have a hat, I actually have a, a raccoon-like hat, but I actually think it's more of an alien thing, kind of sucking my brain if I wear it, so I don't wear it as much. Um, but you can buy really anything. Additionally, you can buy older games. There are people that sell cartridges that'll play in your NES or your Game Boy. There are older, you can buy, you know, older platforms. Um, I did see, like, somebody selling a Commodore 64 at the last PAX, which is crazy. Um, considering they are going to release a new Commodore 64. So, you know, that's going to be something when they do release it. I'll have to get a copy get a, get a copy of that and start playing it and tell you how it is. Um, additionally, you can buy T-shirts. So pick a T-shirt, a type T-shirt. You like T-shirts. Do you want something snarky? Do you want something game-related? Um, you know, there's like the, uh, climb to Mount Doom t-shirt. That was a good one. There are tons of, you pick the game, the fantasy, the, you know, technology level stuff to, to get. And additionally, all the novelty items. If you've ever wanted a scarf to make it look like you're in Gryffindor, then you can get a scarf like you're in Gryffindor. If you would like a hat that is, looks like a Pikachu sticking out of your head. You are covered that way, too. Uh, additionally, you can get, like I said, anything. Uh, some superhero stuff, not so much. That's more of a Comic-Con type of thing. Um, additionally, there are PAX-specific items. And that is actually the best line to watch because it is a line that fills up immediately. They sell T-shirts. Obviously, they sell some novelty stuff. And then one of the cool things, I think they still sell it. I have to go back and look. I haven't bought it, but friends have bought it, is a book of art. 
And what is great is you can actually find, you know, some of the people who have created the games, the artists and stuff like that, and go out and see them. Now, I may be confusing that, but in the past, there have been game art books as well, which is actually kind of also in the novelty items. You can buy uh, the graphic novels to go along with games or the books to go along with games. So with that, I want to step in and I've recorded some interviews. I basically went out and asked people some questions about their favorite games, what they liked. The really awesome thing that comes out of these interviews is, you know, playing with family and friends, stories about playing with family and friends, um, getting achievements, you know, some older games like Pong or games on the VIC-20s. Uh, if you don't know what a VIC-20 is, Wikipedia is always out there. Um, it's interesting how there is still friendly competition between everybody. And the, uh, the old school games still uh, reign supreme in some com some people's lives. And, you know, some companies probably need to recognize that there are really cool old school games out there. The final thing and probably the most amazing thing I learned at PAX this year I uh, was talking to Alex, and again, I'll hopefully Alex is one of those people I can interview on this podcast very soon, is he was telling me about a thousand-person Catan game. So think of a thousand people playing, playing Settlers of Catan, and, uh, and Settlers of Catan, I have enough trouble getting my like three kids and my wife and I to play that sometimes. It can be quite daunting. So with that, I'm going to drop in the interviews. And then we'll come back and we will add in some uh, some more game reviews. Hey, first, what's your name? Just first name. Alex Yeager. All right, Alex, what is your favorite game? That is a really difficult question for me, only because um, I used to work for Mayfair Games and I was okay. in charge of uh, acquisitions and development. Oh. So it's sort of like asking you which, which one's your favorite grandchild, you know. I've, I've got like 300 games that I've worked on over the career. And oh my so God. there's a lot of games that I really, really enjoy. Right now... Um, right now, I think there. If I had to, and I will, I can't give you a favorite one. I'll give you a favorite three. Fire I'm really grooving on uh, on uh, Raiders of the North Sea. I think it's one of the most brilliant okay. worker placement games I've run across in a very long time. Um, we have been playing at home, uh, sort of digging into some of the the, the, the newer stuff, and I think. Uh, um, I'm finding a couple of the Oink games, and uh, particularly we, we, we've got Deep Sea Venture out uh, okay. a little bit here, and then we're enjoying that. Uh, and then of new stuff, um, I don't know. I've got a, I've got a, a couple of games that I've purchased here. I'm looking to get on the table. So uh, Tiny Towns from uh, from okay. AG, and uh, what was the other one I bought? I don't recall. It's been a long day already. And no it's worries. Only, only a lot oh, of yeah. But no, right. a lot of games, a lot of love. What was your first game? First game, um, I would probably say that was Cosmic Encounters, the old uh, the old Eon edition yep. Cosmic Encounters back in the day. Cool. All right, so I have I need to add board into this. Phone, console, PC, or board? Board. Board, board 100. Although I do play some phone games. Best memory of all your games. Best memory. Wow. Um, they all rather blur together. They really do. Um, I have some amazing memories though in there. Uh, so when we did our our. Uh, thousand-person Catan game uh, at uh, Essen. So myself and Benjamin Teuber up there. Uh, a thousand, a thousand so people playing the same game of Catan. Yes. Oh, my God. With a single winner. Um, that was amazing. Uh, that was that was so good. And, and I can think of a lot of firsts. So my first, my first trip to Essen was amazing. Uh, one of my first trips to the U.K. was with... Uh, uh, it was Gen Con UK back in 2004, and that was incredible. Got it. Um, cool. 
you know, meeting a lot of my, you know, having a chance to work in the industry and meeting a lot of the people that kind of started me off, you know, the Steve Jacksons and the Will Nieblings and, and Pete Fenlins of the world. It's been uh, pretty amazing to work with them and all that. So, yeah, it's been awesome. great. Awesome. Cool. Thank you. You're very welcome. Bye. Chance. Hi, I'm here with... Andrew. All right. What is your favorite game? Um, right now it's the, uh, what is it, the Sultan's game. Rule of Sultans, something like that. Let me just pull it up. Oops, wrong. Where's my phone? Where's my phone? Follow the wire. I think it's just called Game of Sultans. Have you played Game of Sultans? No? Yeah, it's just Game of Sultans. Oh, okay, I'm gonna check it out. Do you remember the first game you played? Ever? Ever. Our answers are Pong. Oh, for God's sake. Um, it was. I used to have a Vic Twenty, and we would we played some games on there, and there was like some kind of weird dungeony game. But for the love of me, I could not. I'm not going to remember what it's called. You're good. Uh, you're good. So you, you're more of a phone gamer. You play yeah, right PC? now. Um, not really. I'm mostly just on the phone because you know I have a long bus ride. So. Got it. No, totally makes sense. Do you have a best memory in playing video games? Um, God. I really like that game we played on the Vic 20. It was just kind of fun. I kept, except my sister, my younger sister, won the game first, and so we were. I was a little annoyed at that. Yeah, that's a lot of it. It's, it's either siblings or husband, wives, or friends. Like somebody told me recently, they're like, ah, my my buddy finished the game on me, and then I had to like restart it because it was on a Commodore 64, and I'm like. Oh, it's horrible. But, uh, cool. I've been going to PAX for a few years now because my kid wants to go, and no matter what we play, I mean, you c I could just pick something random off the shelf that neither of us has ever heard of, and he'll just beat me at it no matter what it is. <laughs> That's how she feels. I do that to her. So, <laughs> cool. Well, thank I, you. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks. Okay, sure. All right. It's our first podcast, so you're the first person to PAX. Oh. Lucky you. What's your name? My name's Grant. Nice to meet you, Grant. What's your favorite game? City of Heroes. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. What was the first game you ever played? Any game of any type in my any, life. Every game, every type. Shoot some letters. All right. Phone, console, PC. Uh, yes. So yes to Occasionally. Phone. Occasionally console. Always. Always on the PC? Yes. Best memory in gaming. What's your favorite part of gaming? Wow. Uh, I think hitting 50 with my first uh, tune in City of Heroes years ago. Cool. Uh, but Pokemon Go is really great. Getting a shiny, it's always awesome. Yep. So that's like a more current. Yep. Awesome. Well, thanks, Grant. Sure. Thank awesome. You. Have a good one. Yep. I know your name's Kim, so I'm just yeah. going to say hi, Kim. Hi. How are you today? I'm good. Welcome to PAX. You gonna, are you here today or all weekend? Just all. Just oh, today? Today? Okay. Yeah. Floor six, my favorite so far. <laughs> All right, what is your favorite game? Oh, I like Legacy Pandemic, but I'm almost done with it. Okay, cool. What was the very first game you played? Probably Pong. Pong? Ah, yeah. see, I'm loving the Pong. Pong yeah. is good. I might have to buy, I have a video cabinet. I might have to buy a Pong cabinet just oh, yeah. so my kids can have something to say. This is what you had before you had Fortnite. All right, are you a phone, console, or PC player? Uh, I'm going to have to say... You can play more than one, too. Phone and console. Okay. 
Yeah. Cool. And what is your best memory of playing a video game other than finishing Zelda with uh, your last there. <laughs> Or is there another one? <laughs> oh, gosh. My favorite memory is of that that one because my favorite memory is probably more of board games than video games. Board games are games. So, well, and actually, I'm going to add to that this D and D with I had the best solution to a problem once. I had to have a spell to go. We needed to get something underwater, and I had a spell that made a rope. And what was the thing I had at the bottom of that rope to get the thing into spell? I think we like lowered someone. And anyway, it was just really awesome because we had no way to get it, and we were supposed to get it later in a game, and, I, and the dice roll allowed it. And I love dice roll awesome. wins. Yes. So. Awesome. I carry 20-side dice in my bag with me. Yeah. So, awesome. Have a great pack. Thank you, guys. All right. So, what is your name? Marty. Marty, what's your favorite game? It's hard. I know. Ghost Recon. Okay. What was the first game you ever played on a computer, PC, console? Uh, Metron. Metroid? Yeah. Oh, nice. Uh, what's your favorite PC console phone? Uh, I saw you playing Pokemon. I play Pokemon too, so. Yeah. Uh, geez, I use Xbox for most stuff now. Okay. But so. World of Warcraft was on a PC. I'm a big fan, obviously. Okay. <laughs> what's your best memory of a video game? Playing with my son. That's an awesome memory. Thank you, sir. Sure. Have a great PAX. All right, here on Sunday of PAX, and I have Wayne. <coughs> Wayne, what is your favorite game? Uh, my favorite game is probably Bioshock. All right. Any version? Uh, I like the original. All right. What, PC, console, phone, board games? Uh, I do it all. Uh, mostly on my phone these days because I'm on the bus a lot. All right. What is your best memory of gaming in general, board all the way across. Uh, actually, I was wearing a, a, a Space Invader shirt, and I was going through Frankfurt, Germany, and the German guard put it on my shirt and yelled out, "Old school gamer, old school gamer!" And that was like a super cool connection memory from two people that couldn't speak the same language. There you go. Thanks, Wade. All right. So those were some interviews that I did. Those were actually the best ones because apparently my big hand got over about three or four of the microphones on it or some other folks kind of like started and were like, nah, I'm done, which is pretty, pretty one of the things you have to expect. Um, but some really, really amazing kind of knowledge came out of all these, like I said, a thousand percent Catan player, some of the, the games like the Vic 20. And I did like the D and D story that was in there. That was very cool because the, when I was like talking to the group, they had their daughter with them and their daughter was like, what was that? And they were all kind of sitting around thinking about it. So it felt very D&D to me for a moment. Had to put my wizard hat on. All right, so let's talk about some game reviews. I said last week I would give you some new game reviews that were, you know, for from PAX-related type things. One of them is a game I bought at PAX several years ago and is actually a huge, huge favorite of not only myself, my family, my kids, but also coworkers. We play this. It is an easy game that if you're just sitting around and if you come to our house for Thanksgiving, we kind of try to put it all together at once. But sometimes there's like a little 30 minute thing. So uh, I grab this game every so often and throw it on the table. Um, it's called Sushi Go and it is by Game Right. Um, so I'm actually going to hold it in one hand. It is one of these awesome games that fits into your hand or fits into my hand. I put your hand. 
Um, but it's about the size of an index card and then about an inch by, I don't know, three inches. So it's think of a stack of index cards. Really good game. Now, game play eight plus is the age range. Two to five players can play at any time. It takes about 15 minutes to play. It takes about five minutes to let people know. So again, what is Sushi Go? Obviously, it's around sushi, right? So yeah, so you how Game Right puts it, and I like how to how to like to read theirs. But Game Right says, "Pass the sushi in this fast playing card game. The goal is to grab the best combination of sushi dishes." And wow, I'm gonna have trouble with sushi over and over again. Sushi dishes as they whiz by, score points for making the most maki rolls or for collecting a full set of sashimi. Dip your favorite nigiri in wasabi to triple its value. Be sure to leave room for dessert, or else you'll eat into your score. Gather the most points and consider yourself the sushi master. Now, what's great about Sushi Go is for my kids when maybe they were previous pre-eights and actually goes back to a five-year-old playing it, is it kind of has some matching attached to it. Now, you have to know matching with numbers, so there's a little you know addition and how to get points and stuff. But if you're just looking to play a game for fun... It really is a good game. Um, again, it's you're putting you know your sushi together. Kids are learning to do matching. It's good. As an adult, there's a lot of strategy that can be built into this. Um, again, like I said, the reason I like these ga- this game is kids can play. Um, I have taught this to adults, and we can play it in five minutes. I've played this game on airplane in an airport. I've played it at work. It's a good game if you have like a, a set of games at work that maybe people can play for lunch get a copy of it it is not a super expensive game obviously in size and you know it's again one of those fun things that you can do um really good game sushi go if you have not played it before and you're say at a a game cafeteria or a game coffee house or a game place take a look at it really good game all right the second one is a a game that if it was my kid it'd be heading to college it is Halo Combat Evolved. It is the original Halo. So the release date on this was 11-15-2001. Look at that. And this is superior, superior uh, marketing by Microsoft and Bungie and 343 um, as they went through. Because when they released this, it was right before Thanksgiving. So everybody and their brother over Thanksgiving was playing Halo. Uh, it was awesome. I remember getting our Xbox and immediately grabbing a copy of Halo to go along with it because everybody that I worked with at the time I was working at Microsoft was like, we're playing Halo. Uh, didn't hurt to get a little bit of a discount, but it was one of those games that I easily would have still bought full price at the time. Okay. The information about the game, it is a mature 17 plus. You shoot things in this game. Now, some people, I'm not going to get on my uh, high horse. I'm not going to tell you how to parent. I'm not going to tell you what to do. But if you're teaching your kids to shoot fake aliens and, you know, they're 9, 10, where do they go from there? Where do they increase? So that is my uh, my thought on gaming. Now, my kids are over 12 or 14. Yeah, feel free. I've, I've got a BB gun when I was 10. So, and you, everyone knows if you got a BB gun when you're that age, you probably did something dumb with it. I almost shot my eye out. I literally did one time. That's a good, uh, maybe I will save that for the Christmas episode. Anywho, one to four players can play this. You can play in a co-op mode. If you had a giant TVs like we have today, it'd be awesome. Or if you had a friend who was really good at audiovisual, or maybe someone who is in the audiovisual club, <clears throat> nobody, uh, 
Nobody, well, wait, I was in the audiovisual club. Nobody outside my office was. Um, you could have hooked this up to your projector and maybe one of the conference rooms on a Friday or Thursday evening or maybe on a Tuesday afternoon, um, right before the holidays, maybe. And so this is a good game that you could play, you know, by yourself. You could put some, you know, energy in. It didn't take too long, but there was a lot of stuff you could do differently. You could explore. You could see a lot of things in this game. Um, the time to play... This game, like I said, it wasn't that long. You could play it, you know, you can play the campaign in a couple days. But I've known people to play this game days, weeks, months, or even people who still play it years later. Uh, there is a person I'm thinking of, and if she listens to this podcast, she'll get a chuckle off that. Um, but this is a game that you can still play today. We actually played this uh, at PAX. A friend of mine and I, who I'm not going to name by name, but if we do a future podcast, we'll first you'll get a chuckle. Uh, but we did play this. We used the console. You could just go get a game. They had the consoles there. You put the game in, and you play Halo. Uh, originally, this game was developed by Bungie, and so since then, it kind of, you know, I think that was when Bungie was actually uh, purchased by Microsoft. There's a whole history, and we should do a history of game companies. That'd be a fun podcast. Uh, but, you know, this this game was, you know, revolutionized the first-person genre. And what I mean by that is that in the first person, we are always, you know, uh, the Dooms or the Quakes or the Castle Wolfensteins. But this one kind of took you to a world. And one of my favorite things to do in a game, excuse me, in a game, if I'm sitting there and I'm, you know, looking around, is to look up. I do this in WoW. I love it because sometimes I put fireworks and stuff. But in Halo, you saw a new galaxy and you saw part of the halo in the game. It was very cool. Um, so, in you know, that was very neat to me. It was an expansive world. You could run around it. You could run into, you know, the end of the world in effect, which was a lot of fun. Uh, in halo, you basically play, as they say, a UNSC Spartan soldier known as the master chief. He is one of these super soldier kind of folks. Um, and really, like I said, the, the thing, and I'll just read this out of, out of uh, the game site is players enjoy an experience positively packed with combat as they battle on foot and in vehicles. The vehicles are too cool. If you've never played it, play it for sure. Both indoors and outdoors with a vast array of human and of course, master chiefs enemies in the game covenant weaponry. The cool thing was master chief could pick up the weapons from his enemies, which are alien weapons. That was very cool as well. Um, it has a lot of mission varieties that allow you to do so, you know, solo, cooperative with friends, and you can do multiplayer. All right. So again, like I said, you play as Master Chief, probably one of the cooler uh, video game characters. If you've seen movies like Ready Player One, he's in that. Uh, you have to find him. And also, if you go to a Comic-Con or a Games-Con, you're definitely going to see at least one person still dressing up as Master Chief because there have been a lot of other Halos. And gives us, all, you know, this, this is the original Halo Combat Evolved. Gives us a lot of openings to talk about other games. And in fact, like I said, my, my really good friend who likes to play Halo, I think she would, uh, if I gave her opportunity to do a couple of reviews like this, she would. Um, additionally, like I said, why I like Halo. It was the one that came out with the original Xbox. It was one of the cool games that come out. Usually if you buy it and you get one game, you know, like the Atari, we got combat and you had to get another game. This was, you could play Halo and there were two or three other games that you go, you could pick up and play along with that you liked of certain genres. It was really great to play. 
with the people I work with in this game. I have some, you know, really good memories playing co-op with them, but also playing in that multiplayer. Like I said, we actually played in a conference room. Uh, this is also, again, one of those games that had a huge impact on the first-person shooter market. In the first-person shooter market prior, you were just kind of always in a hallway or you're running down a, a cave or you're, you know, you weren't really able to go and move around. Uh, the entire enemy. So if there's an enemy in the middle of the room, you can do a circle around them and decide how you want to go after them. Um, additionally, you know, the, the thing about it was this is one, again, one of those games that just blew the Xbox up, made it very popular. Lots of people played Halo Combat Evolved. In fact, millions of people played it. And, you know, I would love at some point to get kind of the Halo story or talk to people about hey, how did Master Chief come around? Or how did you decide to take Halo the directions you went? So hopefully, hint, hint, wink, wink, uh, 343 Studios one time hears me and we could come over and do uh, a quick interview over there. So again, part of the reason why I like to go to PAX is that we can go and play a game that is 18 years old. I don't have to give it the car keys, pay its insurance, or make sure it went to the SATs or does its homework. I get to go play that game, being that it's like an 18-year-old child again, and have a lot of fun with my friends who played it as well. So with that, uh, we're going to end the podcast here. Be prepared for another one next week. I'm going to try to pull out some surprises on the games, um, including one that is sitting in front of me that might be really hard to just say it's one game. So with that, have a great time and enjoy playing games. Welcome to episode four of the Gamers Over 50 podcast, and this is going to be the first of a few episodes where I'm going to talk about video game consoles. Do you need to buy one? Do you need to own one? Why do you need to own one? And a lot of the details around it. Uh, there are people who may have never owned a video game console and want to know what it is. We're going to get into that. And then understanding if you have a console or maybe you're buying a gift of a console for someone or you're wanting to get a console for yourself, uh, what are all the details? What are the things you need? Kind of give you the heads up and overview uh, that's out there. So let's start out with what a video game console is. Now, a console could start, say, like the Atari or all the way up to the X Xbox One uh, X, which is the latest Microsoft Xbox. So I'm going to talk about these individually. So a console really is something that you play video games on. Normally, it has a box that plugs into the TV, plugs into power, has controllers for you to play games on. You can either have cartridges for those games. You can download those games. You may have like an SD card like you put in your camera or you use for storing files, not the SD like key drives, but the little cards uh, to do those games. But it's it's a console it's kind of the, the topic, and I've, I've heard the term platform, but I think platform would cover the console, your phone, your PC, things like that. So really, without going too deep into it, I want to talk about consoles. So that's really what a console is, and you play games on it. You can also do some other things, and we'll talk about it as we go through. Uh, there are three major vendors of the consoles right now, and we'll start out by Microsoft and the Xbox. It has been around for a while, lots of iterations. Currently, the latest and greatest is the Xbox One X. It's the most powerful, has all the great graphics and memory. And I'm not going to get too deep into the technical details because a little bit of that can be researched on your side. 
um, if that's something you want to research into. But, you know, a couple things about this is it does have 4K output. So if you've ever seen all the 4K, and I think there's 8K, and there's probably going to be 16K soon, but the 4K, the crisp output, things like that, uh, it does have a 4K output. And the Xbox One X has a Blu-ray drive. So if you've seen the Blu-ray discs that are really crisp, and you can see the action movies and everything's bright and stuff like that, great. Um, additionally, there is an Xbox One S, that is the previous version, has same 4K and Blu-ray, and it just doesn't have the brand newest processors and memory and stuff like that. And there's there's some detail you can see. And I'm also going to tell you how you can go do the, some of the research like I did on your own if you're looking for something. And then finally, there is also an Xbox One S all digital. Now, this does not have a drive, so you can't play Blu-ray on it. You still can see things in 4K and you can download to it um, because, oh, it actually, each one of those includes a, a wired as well as a wireless connection to do, connect to your you know, home network, et cetera. All right, so that's Microsoft and the Xbox. Now let's talk about Sony and the PlayStation, um, which has been, PlayStations have been around a long time. So really on the PlayStation, you have the PS4 Pro, which again is 4K and Blu-ray. Then you have the PS4, which also has a Blu-ray drive. And then you have the PSVR, and excuse me, <coughs> sorry, nobody likes to hear that on the podcast, but you have the PSVR, which is a virtual reality headset, um, something that the Xbox does not have. So we'll talk about some of the differences that, between the Xbox and the PlayStation, but you have the VR. Now, you each have one of these, they come with a controller, et cetera, like that. Then we get on to Nintendo. And so Nintendo has the Switch. Now they have two modes of the Switch, they have the Switch itself, and it's called the Nintendo Switch. And there are, sorry, there's two types of Switches with separate modes. Uh, the Switch, the regular Nintendo Switch, has a TV, so you can look at it on your TV, a tabletop, so you could play it on, you know, you can uh, play it and put the Switch screen on the tabletop. And then they have a handheld where you can hold the Switch in your hands. They also have a Switch Lite, which is only the handheld. Now, what's kind of interesting about the Switch is it's a device that goes into, say, you know, a, it plugs in to, oh, shoot, as soon as I thought of it, I completely forgot. Um, it, it kind of plugs into a, oh, good Lord. Now, we're, this is the beauty of podcasting and, and not prepping, but it, it plugs into an adapter. Thank you. And you set it down in the adapter and then you can put it on the TV or the adapter can sit there and you can look at it. But the cool thing is you can take the games with you. So if you've ever seen a handheld game, you can kind of take the Switch with you. And I have a good friend who takes hers with her on trips. So when she's on an airplane, maybe she's doing some work, she wants to take a break, boom. So apologies on that one. Now, what can each one of these do? So I'm gonna take these, all three of them can play games. Go figure, they're video game consoles. But it's the types of games that they can play. So you can play online games on all three. There are some caveats where you may need a subscription to play online games in certain groups, or you may need to buy access into the network. So on the Xbox One, you'll need to buy into a network so that you can play games with other folks. Now, on the PlayStation and the Xbox, you can watch TV or movies. You can stream content, Netflix, Prime, certain things like that, uh, Hulu. And you can also stream video. So I know, if, you know, in certain, you can actually open up 
a, a similar browser and maybe go out to something like YouTube and watch videos. The Switch does not stream video. So the first thing kind of, you know, people will say, oh, the knock against the Switch can't stream video. Again, Switch, you can take the Switch, put it in your hands and play it wherever you go. So, you know, those are some of the things that you can do with it. Now, I want to talk about what comes with the base models. Now, they all come with, you know, obviously the console. They all come with an, a cable to plug into the TV, and they all come with a power cable. The Xbox comes with a <clears throat> wireless controller, excuse me, as well as, uh, you know, some batteries for their wireless controller, which is really nice of them to put those in. Now, the PlayStation um, does not come with batteries, but it comes with a charging cable. So it comes with everything that the Xbox has, as well as a set of headphones. So I think those headphones plug right into the controller. The Switch, a little different, comes with its stand and adapter. Oh, why, didn't I, why didn't I scroll down earlier, right? And then it has what they call the Joy-Con, which is a joystick. But it also has the ability to play that you can actually take the Joy-Con and split it into two pieces. And I think you can put those in either people's hands. It has straps to put them around your wrist. If you ever played a Nintendo Wii, which is an older console, we'll talk about those guys um, in another episode. But you had the, uh, so you don't throw the, the, the controller across the room whilst maybe you're bowling or you're catching fish or something on a game. As well as it comes with a Joy-Con grip, which is very much like a controller where you put the Joy-Cons on. So you have, all all those devices and very little bit difference there i like to call out those joy cons because on nintendo you can do a little bit more and i think nintendo has always kind of done that they've had different controllers that can go a different way versus playstation and xbox have a very similar controllers all right so what types of add-ons so we bought the console we all own the consoles now let's talk about the hardware that you can buy you can obviously buy extra controllers or extra joy cons uh, for the Xbox One and the PlayStation, you can buy a stand. So if you don't want it laying down in an entertainment center, you can put it on a stand next to the TV. Maybe you don't have enough space. Maybe you need a little bit. You know, you want to put it somewhere. You can also buy a case so you can carry your console around. And they make a bunch of these cases, including cases that have a screen in them. So if you have a little suitcase and maybe you see a kid and he's carrying a suitcase, you're like, wow, that kid's really responsible. He may be super responsible in carrying, you know, school books and taking his work. Or he may be taking his Xbox, his PlayStation, or his Switch on vacation with him, which isn't such a bad idea. But it does come with a screen. I've seen them. They, they sell them all over the place. They, they become uh, very normal. But you can also just buy a hard case. So maybe you're taking it on vacation. You know, you're, you're crossing the country and you have a huge Christmas and everybody, you know, the adults are upstairs. Kids are downstairs. There's the TV. You go play your Switch or your Xbox or your PlayStation. Additionally, you can buy a headset. Now, why are headsets really big? Important thing, if you're playing online games and maybe you're playing on a team, maybe you're playing basketball or playing one of the war games or you're playing a party game against friends or family, you want to be able to talk to them and you want to be able to hear them. But you don't have to crank the TV up or stick a microphone like on your lapel or whereas, you know, find a microphone to put in front of your face. You want to have a headset. So it's very portable. Really good. And there's a ton of headsets out there, wired, wireless, all across the board. Additionally, you may want SD cards, SD card to store games. Now, this is this is important because Nintendo did this a while where you could buy the Nintendo memory and save your game, etc. But you could also, you know, store, you know, any kind of information as well as videos. Maybe I want to store a clip and I did something very cool in the game. 
I rewind it, save it on the clip and send it to friends or maybe put it out on one of the platforms where you share stuff like YouTube or Twitch, where you can uh, share you know, your exploits of gaming with people. And we're going to talk about those kind of those platforms where people share that in case you've ever heard of that. Additionally, you can buy extra hard drives so you can add extra storage. Now, why is that important? Well, I thought everything was on a disc. Well, if you remember when we were talking about the Xbox One S that has no drive, you can use a hard drive. Maybe you want to download more games digitally, download them onto an additional hard drive. Kind of a, kind of a good idea. Um, important to have, and just because you don't want to roll through batteries like on the Xbox One, is a charging station. So you don't have to plug your char your cable into your Xbox One, your PlayStation. Nope, you can charge it right there in the little charging station, maybe away from the TV or away from where it's bulky. When you're ready, you got brand new, you know, brand new charges on those controllers to go through. All right. Additionally, the Switch has something very, very cool. Not the coolest thing in the add-ons. I'll get to that in a second. But the Switch has a thing called Labo, L-A-B-O. And what this is, is it's a kit that you can build to do things on your Switch. Now there's a VR kit, there's a robot kit, there's a vehicle kit, there's a variety kit. And you know, a majority of these kits built out of heavy duty cardboard. You gotta take a look at it if you're really looking at the Switch and you wanna see, again, I talked about the Switch kinda does things a little differently. Xbox, PlayStation compete the same level usually, but they don't really add on uh, you know, something like the Labo. Um, very kinda neat thing. It's it's pretty interesting. You need to be really, you know, your kids are going to be in the gaming, but this may be a way to your kids not sitting there uh, shooting each other in a game. Instead, they could be building something that allows them to drive in the game or gives them a VR experience at home. Uh, makes it a little bit of an educational piece because we want, you know, video games are very educational. We haven't even talk, talked about hand-eye coordination or things like that. I'm not going to get into it on this podcast, but there are things you can learn through it. Uh, so, you know, Labo, L-A-B-O, take a look at it. You probably, if you go to a couple of the places I talk about, you'll see them. Um, additionally, driving wheels or flight sticks. So you're going to have driving wheels or flight sticks, driving games, flying games, right? Pretty much easy, uh, including pedals to go fast, slow, if you need your, you know, all the things you need from flight stick. Now, this is the, is the coolest part of buying a console is for the longest period of time, consoles were meant for people who had every ability in the world. You could play a game, you can use your hands, you can play a game, great. However, what about folks, and Microsoft had a great you know, com campaign about this last year, but what about folks that may have some difficulty holding onto a controller, or maybe have some hand strength, or just any inability? And I don't call it a disability, it means that they just can't do it the way we all kind of normally look at it. And it's not a normal thing. It's just everybody does it one way. Folks maybe can't do it. And the I can't remember the uh, the inability the young man had on the campaign. I'll have to find that out. And if I, if I do, I'll put it out when we get the site completely running. But they have assistive devices. Now, what is that? Okay, normal controller, right? But let's say you really only have function of your hands and you're having trouble with your thumbs. Or maybe you know, you didn't, you weren't born with two hand, two arms, but you need the ability to push a button maybe to make the car go faster or shoot the gun or climb the building. So the assistive devices give you different tools to do that. If you've never seen them, 
go out, type assistive devices, assistive devices. Xbox is a huge thing of this. I am sure PlayStation has this. They're actually devices that are can cross every single platform or every single console, which is fantastic because I think that's the best way to build these devices. Um, but they are awesome. And, you know, maybe you have, know someone on the other side has really bad arthritis. And it would be easy for them to tap with their foot to do something versus pushing buttons with individual fingers. So assistive devices, huge deal. They bring a ton of normalcy to gaming. And I say normalcy because then everybody gets to play. Everybody gets to be involved. It's a huge thing. Inclusion is a big deal to me. So I was a huge fan. In fact, I saw those commercials last year. Just teared up. I'm almost tearing up a little bit because they were so awesome. Final piece are skins. Now, you probably have heard of the word skin, and I'm not talking about the skin on our bodies, but I'm talking about something where I can change the color of my all-black PlayStation or all-white uh, Xbox One or my gray uh, Switch, and I can put my favorite game on there. I can throw a giant Mario on my Switch. I don't know why you'd want to do that on the Xbox because Mario is... Uh, pronounced always out on, uh, on Nintendo, but it's ability to put, you know, a picture or a color, you know, maybe you're a fan like me, I'm a huge Kentucky Wildcat fan, blue and white. I would love to color the Xbox we have is blue and white. I just, you know, not going to kill me if it's not blue and white, but you can do that. It's a way to, you know, have your, have your game thing going on. Now, the person who has the suitcase for their Xbox, definitely a cool idea. I mean, you're accessorizing at that point. All right, so we talked about what a console is, what are the other devices that I can attach to, or the add-ons. I want to little, talk a little bit about cost. Now, I'm not going to go deep into cost because this fluctuates up and down all year round. So cost, just the console. So if I just want to go out and buy my Xbox today, I did a little research. It's either $249 to $499 or more probably. There are probably some limited editions that are like plate gold out there for like $100,000. Maybe not. Um, on the PS4, I found $269 to $399. Now, most of the, the higher, the, the, the ones that are more expensive, come with games, come with additional controllers, come with content, subscriptions, and we're going to talk a little bit about that in a second, what those are. Um, but they have that. Now, on the Switch, $299 to $379 was what I kind of found. And the Switch Lite, $199. Now, controllers are normally about $20 or more, and it depends because you can get knockoff controllers, et cetera, like that, as well as any of the add-on devices. I mean, they can go for 5 to $10 up to a couple hundred dollars. I mean, the, the driving and the flying stuff can be really expensive. Now, one last piece, and this is kind of weird, is you can buy insurance for not only your console, but for your add-ons and for your games. And that insurance is an additional cost. It, if you're looking at this from a budgetary perspective and say, hey, I have $500 to spend and I want to play, this, this is a good way to think about it. Now, important thing, I'm, you know, it's November. Thanksgiving in the United States is occurring. Boxing Day is right around the corner up in Canada. There are going to be deals. And they're going to be really good deals on some of these consoles coming out the day after Thanksgiving or that week or the Monday after, which is called Cyber Monday here in the U.S. I'm not I think it's Cyber Monday everywhere. 
So definitely take a look at that if you're looking at buying one. That's why I'm kind of releasing this one. I thought this would be really poignant because we we got this, you know, time coming up. All right. So the uh, on the insurance, just finish it up. You can either get that from a retailer that sells it, or if you're buying your Xbox, I noticed from Microsoft, they'll sell it to you as well. I mean, you can buy insurance for hardware all over the place. So we've talked about the consoles. We've talked about the add-ons, the additional things, but what are we gonna do on these consoles? We're gonna play games. And there are so many titles of games that we could do a podcast on a game a day and in about three years. Now we'd have to do one probably for like breakfast and dinner and in about three years we might be caught up to all the games that are out there if we did this from the beginning of time i would say we would probably need at least you know 10 to 20 years if we did that there are so many new games both online that you can download as well as games you can go buy um those games can start out at i bought a game at 9.99 it was an older game it was not the brand newest game but you can buy games that are over $100 for a limited edition. Now, a limited edition gives you maybe a cool game box. It gives you some neat stuff that comes in the game, like a book or the soundtrack to the game. But it also gives you add-ons in the game. So maybe you get a special flag that you get to carry around. Or maybe you get a special bow and arrow or a gun or a piece of armor. Something that makes you look different than everybody else that's playing the game. You, you get an exclusive with that limited. So, you know, you're looking price points. I've noticed recently eh, $19.99, $29.99, up to over $100. Again, those holiday sales are coming up big time when you can get more for less. All right. Now, used games. So why would I buy a used game? Hmm. Let's see. Uh, my reasons for buying a used game would be I didn't want to pay the full price for the game because I didn't know if it was good or not. Then I found out it was really good, and then I wanted to play it. Or, you know, I just want to try something different and, you know, maybe a, a used game is better than spending full price. Because, you know, full price could potentially be 60 to $70 on a game just to try something out. Um, additionally, you know, there are demos of some games. But if you're really wanting to be like, oh, you know, I really love the Avengers and I want to play Avengers or I'm a huge fan of baseball, but I don't want to spend, you know, the full price for this year's baseball. Maybe I'll buy two years ago's baseball totally can do it. There's a great place to go do it as well. And I'm not endorsing these guys, but I have bought a lot of games from GameStop. There are GameStops in every mall. In fact, I was at the Mall of America and I think there was one a floor, which was kind of cool because you got to see different GameStops. Um, but I've been to a lot of them. What's great about it is the used games fluctuate. They could have some today. They might not have some tomorrow, certain types of games, um, as well as they have an online presence so you can purchase things. Why is that important? Because online or in store, I'm buying from a company. I'm not buying from the person on eBay or Craigslist, maybe, that I don't even know if they're going to have the game in the game box. And that's actually happened to me. I ordered, I got a game and I got the game box and went back, read it. And they're like, oh, yeah, for $19.99, you can get the game box. It was down in the bottom of the description under below the shipping and stuff real nice of that person. I didn't return it. I mean, you can use things to return it, but I like the ability to go to the store. If it doesn't work, I can take it back and say, hey, this didn't work. Refund. Yay. Um, it's also a place where there's a lot more games and, you know, there's a lot more GameStop so you can drive and find your GameStops. Again, eBay could be fine, could be great, but again, you're, you're taking it in your own hand. You're creating a transaction with another person 
not a company. Okay. I talked a little bit about the limited editions, the special gear. You can maybe play certain aspects of the game early. Or in certain games, you have maps or locations. You may be able to play that map and no one else does. Or you may have special access on the map at, or, you know, at some point. So those are some of the things about new and used games and limited editions. There is an, another part, which is very interesting because this hopefully will help some confusion for folks who are looking at games and going, what do I buy my kids for Christmas? Because I've done this in the past and then I realized, uh-oh, it's Christmas and I don't have the thing so that my kids can play games with their friends or we can't all play together. All that stuff has happened. Um, I will talk about the test run, the, the last kind of thing I discuss. But they also have subscriptions for games. Now, you may have a subscription for on being able to play online. And in fact, Nintendo has the Nintendo Online uh, subscription, so you can play online. Uh, Xbox has the Game Pass. You know, uh, I think PlayStation also has an online um, through the PlayStation Store that you can get as well. Uh, additional things that you can get in the subscription. So let's say I buy a game and I buy, um, let's say Mario Kart, but then Mario Kart has an action pack where I get eight additional people uh, and cars that I can drive or different colors where I can change color schemes, right? Like I get the Pikachu version of Mario. Uh, that is kind of one of the packs that goes along. You may again, like I said, get different characters, which you may get cars, you may get different you know, weapons or tools in a game, uh, gear, clothing, armor, maybe completely different than these, or you may get currency for a certain game. So like I've noticed in the, I think it was NBA 2K game, there is actually currency and it looks like little gold coins that you can get within the game. Um, I want to discuss a couple of different things just separately. Um, so the Xbox Game Pass will is actually not just a way to get online and do things, but they actually give you a hundred, you know, console slash PC games because Xbox does have a function that you can play on your PC as well. Um, you cannot play all your console games on your PC though. So don't think of that, but you can go and play games um, on day one. You can get exclusive deals and discounts on games using the game pass. Uh, again, the multiplayer network is part of something that you'll need. So that Game Pass gives you the online play, but it gives you a few extra things. And I found the same thing with the Switch Online. Um, the Switch Online, you get online play, but you also get 60 NES and Super NES games that you can play right on your Switch. So that's, you know, again, more games you play. And these are usually monthly subscriptions that you pay. Additionally, there's a smartphone app, and I was trying to figure out the smartphone app because I think it's more to help your online experience and compatible games. It's not a, a play game on the Switch Online. Um, as well as in those in the Xbox One and the PlayStation 4 networks, you can get movies, you can buy, I think you can get music on them. Again, you can spend money to get those online pieces. Now, my question is, do I need... A subscription. Well, if I'm going to be playing this game online or someone in my house is, yes. Do I need the subscription because I need the cool Pikachu Mario Kart or I want the uh, Master Chief and Halo on the Xbox? Awesome, you know, hyper pink color. Or maybe I want something on a God of War, which is a PlayStation. Maybe the God of War guy has different hairstyles. 
That's up to you. The online part, depending. If you want to play online, that's fine. If you're just playing the game to play the game at home, or you want to have something you and your kids can play, or you and your friends can play, fine. You don't have to get online to still enjoy these add-ons like that. So it's up to you. What do you want to do? Now, where should I buy my console? So I'm going to go a little bit more into, hey, I've decided I want a console. You told me all the awesome things about it. Now let's talk about it. Where should I buy one? First place I look before I buy anything electronic, and this is just me, is I go to Slick Deals or one of the deal sites that are out there. Uh, slickdeals.net is really good because you can type in Switch or Xbox or whatever, and it's going to show you everybody who has a deal online as well as in store. And this is a community of people that find deals and throw them up there, including all those Black Friday deals, all those Boxing Day deals, all that stuff is going to show up there as well. Now, you got to look for the Boxing Day deals, but they're up there. Um, I live close enough to Canada that it is worth the drive for me to do that. You can additionally go to your warehouse stores, the Costco's, the Sam's Clubs, the BJ's probably have a good deal because they get a you know a better price point. And then always Target, Walmart, Best Buy, anyone who sells electronics. In fact, our Fred Meyer here sells electronics and they've had better deals some years on those days after Thanksgiving than the other stores. Plus, they have less people going in to get that deal. So I don't have to stand in line and freeze. I can just walk in, get it, walk out, and be excited. Additionally, I brought this up before, eBay. You can buy brand new stuff from a company on eBay. Or let's say, you know, I don't know if I really want an Xbox, and somebody is selling their Xbox One S digital on eBay for $100. It works. They promised it works. $100 isn't a bad idea considering that price points. It's around $200, $299, I think is what it is. So really a good idea to think about it um, because you can get it there. Now, I did a lot of research to find all this great detail. I knew a lot of it, but I found a few things. The assistive device thing, like I said, when I clicked on that on Xbox, it is so cool. There is so much stuff. Majority of it, I wasn't really sure what it does. But if you're looking for devices or you know someone who might want one, take a look. Microsoft, like I said, Sony. Even Nintendo really want to work in that space. They want to help people be able to have access to those games. Again, try that out. All right. Next question. What did I do my research? I uh, went online. I went to GameStop online. I actually went to the GameStop store because there's one near me and took a look. Saw a lot of games. Saw the consoles. Took a look at them all. Additionally, go out to the companies who sell these. Microsoft which xbox.com, PlayStation, playstation.com, Nintendo, obviously nintendo.com. So easy to go out, take a look at it. Additionally, places like Consumer Reports, CNET, C as in Charlie, N-E-T, or any other tech publications. Um, ask friends. If your kids want one, they're probably going to know why they want it and what they want it for. Now, most kids will say, oh, we need the best thing ever because it's going to run all this. Well, Maybe you don't need the exact best thing, and maybe you don't need all the add-ons, but you can do a little bit of research about that. Now, most important question, do I need the latest, greatest, best, fastest version? Depends. It's up to you, but it does affect things like cost. If you don't buy the Xbox One X and instead get the Xbox One S, you're saving money. Now, are your graphics graphics at the highest level they could be? 
Is the speed at the highest level? No. But will it still play all the games and everything looks good? Yes. There's an additional, like, you can raise the bar on the graphics and stuff like that. Are you going to not have a good time playing it? Probably not. You're probably going to enjoy it just exactly the same. Now, I'm sure the people over there trying to sell those are going, oh, my gosh, no, that's actually the, you know what? But if it was, and they wouldn't be selling those other older versions. There's still, you know, there's some people who want to have the brand new car every year. And then you've got someone like yours truly that's driving a vehicle that's 10 years old. So think about that. Um, timing. So console releases are released around E3, which is the, oh, gosh. Entertain, it's an entertainment expo. I can Electronic Entertainment Expo. Ha. Didn't forget it, Kate, my friend who works in gaming. So she won't get a chuckle out of that. And I gave her another mention. Um, but it is, you know, the consoles are released as well as the time of year. Christmas. Christmas is a big deal. For some reason, Easter is a big deal, too. I haven't figured that one out. But getting the consoles around Christmas, same thing with TVs, things like that. As well as you'll see, like, Labor Day sale or something like that. Um, if you don't. If you have a time frame on it, you can spend a little time doing it. Again, Christmas is going to be where you're going to get the big, big deals, as well as you're going to see a lot of new content, as well as devices, things like that. All right. Last little bit. All right, Mitch, you talked about Xbox One. You talked about PlayStation. You talked about the Nintendo Switch. But hey, I want a Nintendo Wii. Great. I talked about GameStop, too. I think, and I have to check, but I think they still sell the Wii's there. eBay is another good place. I do have a feeling that sometime in the future, Nintendo is going to release another Wii with all the games on, you know, the, the actual hard drive in the system and it costing a lot less. Um, but also, let's talk back about some of the other consoles. Maybe the Nintendo Entertainment System, the original one, like original Mario and things like that. You can buy one. I think they're $99 still. Super NES, which had the next step, which had like Mario Kart and some other cool games, Star Fox on them, $99 as well. I own both of those. Lots of fun. If you um, play video games and maybe your kids don't and are 8 and 10-year-old, had never met Mario before. We spent an evening with Mario, which is crazy because I used to do that with friends all the time. Now I'm kind of showing my kids hey, you don't need the best, flashiest, you know, a great Fortnite's wonderful and everybody loves it. You can get different, you know, clothes for it, but let's be Mario and see how far you can go. And you can actually buy like wireless controllers for these. It's really awesome. Additionally, PlayStation released their original PlayStation with a lot of the original games. So if you'd played those consoles back in your, you know, 20s and 30s or even your teens, um, and then you're like, well, you know, I'm not going to go spend a lot of money on consoles. You can actually go buy those earlier versions. Sega Genesis just released a new one. Sorry, Sega just released the early Genesis. And what's great about these, each one, and let me say the Atari, you can get the Atari 2600 out there, is you get the console. It has a plug-in to you. They're super light compared to what they used to be. And then they have a couple of joysticks. And I know, I, I think I read there's an Intellivision and a ColecoVision coming out. So if you're looking for old school console stuff, maybe you don't want the, the bleeding brand new edge shooty fun graphics, you can actually go out and get a console that fits in there. Now, the final piece I want to talk about before I just give the, the final thoughts is I recently saw at PAX, and we've talked about PAX a lot, something called Stadia. 
So Google recently purchased Stadia, which is a controller that allows you to play games on your TV, on your tablet, on your PC, and on your phone. So it connects to all these devices, obviously with Bluetooth and and makes a connection so you can play games on it. It has a hard drive, the whole thing. That's going to come out, and it's probably going to change the console environment. Because for someone like me, who let's say I go on a, a plane flight, and I want to fly back to, say, New York from Seattle, and I know it's a five-hour, six-hour flight, I could take a large iPad with two controllers for my kids, and they could sit in that plane and play video games with headsets on all the way across America, get them out, make them go outside and run around. Um, but Stadia is something new that's going to change a little bit about how console is because it may shrink like these other smaller consoles in that. So with that, I've talked about consoles. I have owned and I have played on almost every single platform, not the latest and greatest. I am preparing to buy a Switch because I have a PlayStation and an Xbox in our house. I don't have the latest versions of either of them. Um, but there are also games I really like to play, like on my PlayStation, all the Guitar Hero and the Band Hero games were so much fun. On the Xbox, the sports games are super duper fun. But I think it'd be cool for us to have another platform to go along with the Atari, the NES, the Super NES, the PlayStation, the Sega, Xbox, the other PlayStation, higher level up. Um, to play. And I also love video games. So I want something like that. So I'm probably going to be getting my kids a Switch this year. But also in the same effect, if I didn't have an Xbox, I wouldn't have a DVD player. I wouldn't be streaming Prime and Netflix off of that. Um, we probably, I'd probably have to go buy another device. And again, on the same thing, if my PlayStation and, you know, you're going to have to buy an older PlayStation to get some of these other games I just talked about, Guitar Hero and stuff. Um, because they do come with a guitar and they can play them. People uh, play them. It's out there. I I would be not buying the Switch. And, you know, I love the Big Bang Theory. And there was a great episode where Sheldon is trying to figure out PlayStation or Xbox. And he's going back and forth. And he asks everybody in his peer group. And Bernadette goes, I like the Wii. Well, there's a lot of people who do like the Wii and who like to just play Mario or Zelda. My wife loves Zelda. And the ability to have a switch for her to do that, give her the opportunity. Hey, if you take the switch upstairs and go play it up on the other TV, you have two TVs in the house, is great. So this year I'm going to be getting a switch, but I am watching those Xboxes and those Playstations because those graphics are pretty cool. And uh, I didn't think I'd like 4K graphics a long time ago, but I do. So not doing any real reviews. We talked about everything. Talk about I am buying a Switch, but I am also waiting for those Thanksgiving deals, and I'm going to hopefully find one, and there are some really cool games out there um, that I think my kids and I will love to play. So next time, we are going to be talking about the, if you've never played or if you're wanting to start playing, we're actually going to break this down into the next couple of groups, which is going to be a lot of fun because I'm going to do phone and tablet next. You know, not that you need to go buy a phone or a tablet. But why are certain platforms a little better? And there's some brand new stuff coming out of Apple. Um, and I think you know, Google is also going to be doing the same thing in here. So that's your little tease for next time. Otherwise, we'll talk soon.